Welcome to the Enlighten Up podcast. I'm Lisa Watson and will be joined by my co-hosts Nicole Frolic and Brian Koenigberg. The Enlighten Up podcast is a weekly show that provides an unconventional and refreshing spin on spirituality, where three friends and weekly guests share informative, fun, and usually off-the-wall conversations. Unlike others, we provide fringe and skeptical viewpoints on all topics, because our experience has taught us that the echo chamber is a boring place from which to learn. So regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, we can promise you, you're going to find a place to fit in here. So we invite you to grab a drink and listen in on our casual, entertaining, and hopefully enlightening conversation. And Enlighten Up is a self-funded podcast. So if you would like to help us to continue to be able to produce, enhance, and expand the show for our audience, then please send your support using the link in the show notes or go to our website, lightenup.us, and check out our merchandise shop where you can purchase merchandise that will allow you to express some spiritual humor. You may also show your support by leaving us a review on iTunes and following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Thank you all so much for listening and supporting us. And now let's jump right into the episode. Hey, everyone, welcome back to the Enlighten Up podcast. We're so happy to have you join us again. This week, we have one of our favorite guests joining the conversation. She doesn't need that much of an introduction because she's well known throughout the podcast. Jessica Elstrom, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing today? I am doing amazing. Thanks for having me back on, guys. Oh, it's a pleasure. Always a pleasure. Jessica, you have been so busy this year. You've had um, QRT going on. You've been, uh, you've got a new workshop you're going to be talking about today. Plus, uh, congratulations, you just got engaged. I did. Yeah, I did. You know, uh, I would tell you that like the soulmated relationship is much different than the twin flame relationship, but that's a whole nother podcast. Um, just over the last few years, really been working on healing um, patterns in relationships and realizing, you know, what the push and pull, what the attraction points, you know, what what a wound mate is versus, you know, a heart mate and really diving down deep personally. And my last two workshops have actually been a product of my own um, you know, wounds and traumas in relationships. So coming out the other side of this I am workshop and getting the engagement was really kind of like proof of the shift in my reality, because I really thought for years that like marriage was not my thing, even though I've done it a few times, you know, and, (laughs) (laughs) and it wasn't really something that I ever needed or wanted. But when you know, I completed these last two workshops, which basically took me in my own personal hell through traumas of relationships. I realized that it's really about that connection versus attachment and having, you know, a relationship where it's icing on the cake versus losing yourself to someone and losing your identity and losing your freedom. And it's really about having a partnership, which is like expansion versus contraction. You know, mm-hmm. so that's been the most amazing thing for me, actually doing the work that I teach. You know, when I do a workshop, I dive down deep into it from different perspectives and I act out each step, each week, each module. And I really take it to heart because honestly, it's like the conversation I was having with Lisa today. It's like the reason why we're here, the reason why we're doing this is to heal our own personal hells, not just to be a soundboard and healer for others, but to really dive down deep in our own chaos and confusion and trauma and 
and really heal, not just have the ideas or the tools to heal, but to really heal that relationship with ourselves so we can create that strong foundation to have true relationships with others. And it's a lot of work. Oh, yeah, but it's worth it. It's worth it because you know what else is a lot of work? A lot of work is busted relationships. That's also a lot of work. You know, so what choice do we have at this point? Absolutely. It's worth it. Mm -hmm. Like I totally there's nothing I want more than to do this work on myself. And when you start seeing how the effects of it, you know, like you have, it's all you want to do is share it, share it with everybody else. Mm hmm. Exactly. Mm. When you get that byproduct, wow, it's a game changer. So what is the I Am Workshop? So the I Am Workshop, it kind of stemmed from the last workshop that I did. And the, uh, let me back up a little bit. So obviously you guys know that I'm doing this kind of world tour. And this world tour's intention and purpose is to really activate the relationship that we have with our higher self and become one with that higher expanded version of ourselves versus letting that ego identity or that, you know, um, stories and traumas and past and memories constantly be the driving force of our lives. And so this world tour is really about embracing the truth of the I am. And to me, the I am is the, the, the you before you were programmed, the you that you don't have to work at, the you that you don't have to search for. It's the the presence of what and who you were before someone told you what to be. And unfortunately, we live in a world that is constantly, you know, moving us away from who we are. We have so many contradictions that confuse us you know, humiliation and things like that just have this natural way of separating ourselves from us, from our own selves, It's if that, if that makes sense. And these world tours were really about putting the pieces back together so you can see how unlimited creative you are and what creators we are and how to do that. And to me, doing that on a personal level versus what I normally do six, seven days a week, which is internet coaching, online coaching, it's getting in front of people and really tapping into their potential in their in real time. Now, by doing this, what I've seen is getting up close and personal where people are really, really stuck. So to kind of add a benefit onto the QRT tour, I'm creating these kind of sub workshops that that we can utilize and do before the events to get our mind, body, and soul in the right alignment to receive the weekend, to, to receive the downloads, to receive the healings. And the first one that I did was warrior training, and it was really about confronting ourselves. It was about seeing that inner narcissist and seeing where we have been the victim and where we have been the perpetrator and take real responsibility for our stuff and get into alignment with with love and what it is we actually want. And it was such a successful process seeing people go through the warrior training and then show up in Las Vegas, totally down, totally ready to receive, totally that rock star vibe that, you know, each tour we're updating and upgrading. So we knew that when we did Kansas City, it was really going to be about moving into that space of the heart where the I am is I am love, but I am safe to love. I am free to receive love. I am free to share love. And really, when I dove down deep in that, there is so much 
in the way of actually living a life that way with all of the conditioning and programs. So I decided that I was going to do this I am workshop. And this I am workshop is basically a full integration. It's a full healing of each chakra system that has been misprogrammed, that is out of alignment with the truth of who we are. And I can elaborate a little bit on that during the podcast, because obviously it's a very intricate process because our, our programming is in layers, as Lisa has learned working with me, that you know once you go into the deep dive and you go into the shadows, you have to also go into the abyss. And the abyss is, is the beyond the place of your even understanding of what is in the way of yourselves. So this workshop is going to be nine weeks. It's going to be um, a level of shadow work that is best done with a mentor as a reflection. And what I call a mentor is basically a flashlight in the dark, someone who can really hold space for you, keep you accountable to your purpose and intentions, um, you know, show up with unconditional support and love and act as that guide for you to get the maximum amount of the workshop, because we know that the number one cause of us not really moving forward with was how much knowledge we have at our fingertips is self-sabotage. So we're in an era of abundance of knowledge. We have the most amazing teachers available at our fingertips 24 hours a day online, and more people are not really getting through this. So we have to look at this as self-sabotage. So I've taken all of that into consideration as I've written this workshop, as I, you know, did it myself and watched myself self-sabotage in certain areas where I wasn't ready to deep dive or look. You know, certain things about our personalities, we fear giving up because we fear that we're going to lose ourselves. And so we have all of these little defense mechanisms built into our consciousness that keep us from really kind of ripping the lid off of the personality identifications. And, and once we actually do that, we realize we lose nothing, but there is this unconscious fear that's sitting there waiting, thinking that you're going to have to change or lose yourself to do this work. And that's just not true. So obviously this is, um, this is a big workshop, but I think that where we are as a, a collective, especially the light worker community is, you know, everyone is ready for this. We just have to start really deep diving past the kind of trendy spiritual practices that we're all used to. We have to kind of go deeper than what the tarot cards say and what the psychics say. And we have to get into channeling our own egos, channeling our own inner child, because it's not just about channeling the angelic realm. You know, they, a lot of times the angelic realm hasn't even lived on this planet. So when you ask them a question, better off asking an ego identity who is lost and trapped and abandoned and rejected because it's that part of you that has the answer why you're not in love, why you don't have what you want, why you're still in lack. So we have to make sure that we're channeling the right resource and we're being in a place of love to receive the answers. And that's not easy. No, that isn't. <laughs> and I think that is, you, you bring up a good point in that I think, um, you know, we see this a lot, especially in the spiritual community, where people really just rely on channeled information versus the experience mm -hmm. of 
the human down here and the wisdom that comes from those experiences, particularly your own experiences. Um, but, you know, that's why we have people you can either read books or um, do mentorship and things like that to learn from others. But it's true. <laughs> Not easy here. <laughs> you know, sometimes like I even catch myself having this conversation with with my guides and I'm like, you guys just don't get it. It's, it's not. It's, it's 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 not easy down here. Okay, like it's it's. it's <laughs> we need to get some real real advice, like boots on the ground advice. You know, mm-hmm. and um, I think I think a lot right. of people kind of miss the mark on that sometimes. So I'm really glad that you brought that up. And it, you know, to speak on the self sabotaging behaviors, what I've learned working with with you, Jessica, is that they're hidden from you. Like you have, you have no idea because they're so ingrained in you that you believe that that is just who you are. And, and, and until you really slow things down and start to observe yourself and observe how you feel and how you react and, you know, what's triggering you and all these things until you really observe those on a regular basis and see your behavior, then you start seeing, oh, wow, like, I didn't even realize that I react this way, or I didn't even realize that I'm behaving this way, or oh, wow, I'm channeling my mother, or I'm acting like my mother, my mother acted, but it's for me, it's been almost in such a subtle way that it was so hidden from me until I really took this Mm -hmm. microscope to it. And that's kind of what I was referencing as far as, you know, we're we're all familiar with shadow work at this point, but shadow, shadow has a hint of light in it. And where I'm talking about going is more in the unconscious space. See the subconscious space will interact with you really quickly through your physical reality, but your subconscious mind, your subconscious belief systems, your subconscious programs, that is in a space where it's like a locked closet that you forgot about. It's not something that you really have daily access to, or it's even in your conscious awareness that it exists. It's those those gaps in your childhood where you have no remembrance. It's um, third party observations. It's dreams. It's other timelines. It's multidimensional. You know, it's it's so many different facets that, like Lisa said, it's not necessarily at your fingertips. Therefore, you don't know it. And because you don't know it, you assume it. You assume that is just who you are and how you're wired. But your personality is actually a collection of channeled archived data. Because the truth of who the soul is, the soul is basically pure positive energy that focuses and chooses its reflection and chooses its identity based on what it is viewing. So we've built our personalities and created our personal realities out of being the witnessed and the witnesser and practiced these uh, belief systems, practiced these routines, practiced just like when you spend time with someone who has an accent, all of a sudden you start speaking in a slight accent. It's like this power of influence that creates our personal you know, personalities is so subtle that we actually don't realize that 90% of the wounding that we're carrying inside of us is really not accessible to us. And that's why we get so frustrated and so confused on this journey because we start learning all about this and yet it still feels unreachable. 
because it is in that abyss place. And in order to go there, you know, in order to do the work that, that I'm pushing my team to do right now and my, my clients to do right now takes a huge amount of responsibility. And responsibility is the ability to respond, which means looking at every single thing in your reality as a reflection and as a meter and as a guide and as a barometer to how you're vibrationally doing. Because you're not actually here to suffer. We're not here to struggle. We're not here to pine and wish for love. We are love. So anything that is on the other side of desire is actually not what we are. We spend our lives literally in the I am nots. And we wake up and our desire points and our drive is based in basically avoiding of what we're not, covering up what we're not, covering up what we think we can't have, chasing chasing ghosts and having ghosts chase us from the past. And it can be kind of a nightmare. So the work that we're doing here is really about going into the deep dive of the abyss. And that's why we recommend taking a flashlight. You mentioned earlier that you had, um, like, well, you were, you, you know, because you, when you do your workshops, you design them as you're going through it yourself. And that you saw yourself where you were self-sabotaging or you noticed things that were coming up that were holding you back. Because it's so uh, related to, like, especially for people in the audience, um, when they see people who are um, leaders able to share some of the things that they're struggling with, I think it helps people understand that they're they're not alone in that. What were some of your struggles that you came up against as you were kind of going through your IM workshop? Well, what I realized about me is that relationships, um, you know, were never safe as a child. And, you know, I had a narcissistic mother who, um, you know, was I was kind of the, the punching bag in the family because I was the empath. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that. And therefore, I spent most of my youth kind of catering to other people's wounding to try to, you know, make people happy and to keep myself safe as a child. So I just naturally grew up thinking that that's what relationships were. Um, you know, even though I was that kid that was like, I'm running away. And as soon as I'm 18, I'm going to, I'm never going to be like my mom and I'm never going to do this. And, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is what we resist, we get. So, you know, I became an, a really young mom, just like my mom was and married the first guy that paid attention to me. And he was a total narcissist. And, you know, I just basically started repeating these patterns that were ingrained inside of me and not really thinking about, I wasn't really thinking about anything other than, you know, working to make everything work. I think that's what we do. We spend so much time trying to make everything work and trying to find out what we need to do to change ourselves or change other people to make this this puzzle piece fit together that we don't really sit back and go, why does this not feel good? Why does this not work? Why does he not see that see me as who I really am? Why why is he not available? Why am I not available? We never take the time to sit back and go, is this coming from a wound or a trauma? And so what we do is like waste all of our 20s, right? In our early 30s, like chasing these ghosts of the past. And I found myself at 40, you know, two failed marriages. I'm going to be completely honest. It's, you know, I've, I'm, a, I'm definitely at, a, at heart a romantic. I totally 
as far as my inner child goes, she wants the Prince Charming and the beautiful kids and the beautiful house. And she wants that whole scenario. And, and I chased it for years. And basically what I got was basically re repeated patterns in my childhood. That's what kept happening over and over again. No matter how much I would try, no matter what I would change, no matter what new person I would interact with. And and it just got to be that place where you start to get cynical and you start to get shut down and you start to, you know, not really believe in love the way you did back when you were a little bit more ignorant to it. You start to just say, well, this is just who I am. I don't believe in marriage. And, you know, and, and all of a sudden you're, you're now becoming this kind of curmudgeon virgin of yourself that is like pushing love away because it's just not for you. And when I met my boyfriend, um, a year and a half ago, it was like he didn't fit any of the molds that I had ever, you know, been attracted to before. He didn't, he didn't make me question myself. He didn't make me feel small. He didn't, he didn't leave me hanging about what the relationship meant. He didn't have me asking to, is this, are we in a relationship? Are we not in a relationship? He wasn't ghosting me. He wasn't doing any of the things that normally broken women have a tendency to attract. And I was kind of freaked out by it because he was always just right in my face telling me exactly how he felt and what he wanted and, you know, who he was and that he wasn't perfect, but he was working on his stuff. And it scared, it scared me to death because it was like, you finally get what you want. And then it's that whole story playing of, well, this is too good to be true. And the rug's going to get ripped up from underneath me. And he's probably full of it. And he's probably going to leave me or I'm going to get bored and leave him, you know, typical Gemini. And, and I, when I really sat with it and I thought everything I've ever wanted is right in front of me and I'm still resisting it. What the hell is wrong with me? And that's when I started doing these workshops because I was like, it's not about him. It's about me. I am a direct reflection of how I feel about myself in this relationship. And I was pushing him away. I was looking for every excuse to kick him out. I was, you know, looking for reasons to avoid going deeper in this relationship. And the thing that I love the most about him is that he refused to give up on me. He was like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm, I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. I don't care how much you yell at me. I don't care how many times you kick me out. Like I'm not going anywhere. And that was so healing for my inner child that I realized, you know what? My inner child really, really, really loves this about this person. Let me heal the parts of myself that don't feel like I can really receive this in him and see where I'm at after. And so that's when I did the I am because, you know, I've had the narcissistic crazy guys and now I've had the guy that my little inner child has wanted my whole life. And I was still in resistance of it. And I thought, Hmm, something's off with me. And when I really started to heal, I realized that for me, freedom is my theme on the planet. Like I, I live for freedom. I want other people to be free. It's the driving force of my life and relationships have always made me feel trapped. So I had a tendency to kind of lose myself in intimate relationships and become some sort of chameleon because that's who I've always been. And I realized that in this particular relationship, I, I wasn't doing that. So I was kind of tearing my own walls down. And you know that you guys know this when we do shadow work, it's a very destructive process. It's, it's a very unbecoming and sometimes 
parts of ourselves get exposed that we have been avoiding and hiding for a really long time. And if those people that are in front of you can go through those things with you and hold space for you and be safe space for your healing and you, you come out the other side, you're like a brand new you. And that's exactly what happened during the I am is when I came out the other side, it was the, it was me who needed the work. It wasn't him. And he was just a reflection of what I had always wanted that I didn't quite knew, know that I was, what's the word, <sighs> worthy of, you know, because that's our baseline. One of our baseline wounds is I'm unworthy. And we strive for success every day to try to disprove that belief system. And that's really what we find out regardless of you know, who we are as teachers, we all get that indoctrination pretty early that we all have to figure out at some point isn't true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the things I, I'll, I never forget this. But um, one of the things that a friend told me is that uh, when a baby is born, one of the greatest things you can ever do is just tell it as soon as it's born, how sufficient he or she is. Mm -hmm. You know, and just kind of saying those words because that idea of not feeling good enough or worthy enough is such a running mm -hmm. theme through everyone's life. Totally. Absolutely. Because when we're kids, we're, you know, we're told by everyone we're not doing the right thing or, you know, don't, you can't do this now. You can't play here now. You can't have that. You can't, I mean, it's just, we're constantly programmed as soon as we get here that we're not doing it right or we're not doing enough. And I think the hardest part about that is it's usually when we're being the most authentic. It's usually when we're being the most authentic as kids where we get humiliated and shut down for it. You know, it's when we really kind of step it up and we forget who's looking and we dance out loud and we sing and we dance and we do all of these things. That's usually when we're shamed. So if those are the times that we're shamed, you can imagine when we want to return to that authenticity as an adult, we're going to also return to the shame. We're going to also return to those feelings of, of not being good enough when we do stand in the light. And I think that, you know, we're in 2019 and we've gone from the ascension phase of I demonstrate. And we all have seen that when we put ourselves out there, it's a lot of returning past trauma. You know, it's getting shamed, it's getting judged, it's getting, you know, negative feedback for our truth. And we have to kind of go through all of that trauma all over again in our kind of coming out of the closet phases. And my advice to people that are doing that is just keep going because we always have to return to the scene of the crime. We always have to, what turns it on, turns it off. So if you were shamed at two years old for singing at your family reunion, you're probably going to find yourself singing somewhere in your 30s and 40s. And somewhere someone is going to heckle you and you got to stand up to that. Because what I've seen is everything comes full circle. Everything gets turned on and everything gets turned off. And the only way out is through. You know, I there's something I'd like you to talk about because I know that in in the spiritual community and I hear it and I see it a lot. There's just seems to be a lot of emphasis on exploring like past lives and things that happened to me, you know, in the past or wanting, you know, channeled information about, about things that happened in the past. And 
I know I had asked you about this and, and you, you told me of how everything is brought into this life and that this is the only life that you need to look at. This is where you will be able to do all the work and all the healing. And it's basically through the inner child. Mm -hmm. Can you just speak a little bit on that? Absolutely. And I think that that's a difficult place for spiritual people to get to is, is, you know, you have in a psychic or tarot cards or some sort of information that says, oh, well, the reason why you can't find love is because of this past life or because of this trauma in this, you know, star system or in this galaxy. And, and I'm going to tell you right now that I channel beings from all over the universe and the universe is not cruel. It didn't say, okay, come forth and hire a good psychic to figure out who you were, you know, 2000 years ago. It says, come forth and be a human being and really be here now. Now, what I mean by that is everything that you need to work on from all of those past lives will be integrated into this life, which means if you've got abandonment issues from the 15th century, you'll bring them into your childhood, no problem. So it's not about chasing down this kind of parallel reality version of yourself. It is about focusing on the feelings that are still present in your now moment. Because trauma does not know time and space. It does not live on a time clock. It lives in the present moment. And if it is still active in the present moment, it is our responsibility to heal it, neutralize it, and free it from that kind of prison that we keep all of this stuff locked up in. But everything is perfectly placed in our realities for us to work through in the present moment. Now, your first seven years is usually where you get downloaded and indoctrinated a lot of our pro uh, most of our programming. And yes, some of it is coming from soul baggage and some of it is coming from ancestral baggage and some of it's coming from bloodline baggage. So there's all kinds of baggage that we start off with because we're playing duality here. We're perfection coming into kind of a muddy watered reality where we have to clean out the water and clear our path. So we don't come to a perfect feathered nest. We come as source energy here to learn the lessons and master and self-realize who we truly are in the muddy water, in the chaos, in the contrast. And we do that really getting indoctrinated those first seven years because we are in that state of in and out consciousness of theta, which is really about downloading without judgment. That's your first seven years. You're just downloading and downloading and observing and practicing and observing. It's like the parrot, the parrot phase. And so then as you embark in your reality and you start to have your own focus and your own belief systems and your own will and your own choices, you begin to see where your conflicts are, where your limits are, where your belief systems are. And the rest of your journey is about working through those things in the present moment. Because if we spend our lives in past lives, we're basically doing something called spiritual bypassing. And it's a form of addiction in the spiritual community. Getting lost on your timeline, blaming this, you know, saying, oh, this is genetic. This is my mom's stuff. This is my dad's stuff. How does that really benefit you in moving forward? It keeps you in a state of victimization. It keeps you in a constant state of not taking full responsibility of the feelings that you're having right now. And it puts you onto a path where you can get lost 
in your star family and you can get lost here and you can get lost there. And really what happens is two years later, you still feel like crap in your relationship. So my advice is always none of that adventure or research is, is, um, is bad, but how does it benefit your now moment? How does it heal your reality now? How does it help you with your spouse? How does it clean up the relationship with your kids? Because finding a reason why we are the way we are does not fix it. You know what I mean? So it's like, I spent time in my first few months of this work looking to see like what my higher self name was, what my spirit guide names were. And I will tell you, I wasted a good six months, six months of that where none of that benefited where I was going. What benefited me was looking at my reality and saying, where is the pattern here in my relationships? Where is the pattern here in money? Here's the pattern in my body where I stay, I'm staying sick. Why can't I attract healthy relationships? Why? And, and really looking at who I was and created to be and where my personality was, you know, vibrating towards and what I was attracted to. Because a lot of the times the mistakes we've made, was, it, it came from us choosing exactly what we wanted in the moment. You know, those past relationships that we were in, we chose those things. We were attracted to those things. We wanted those things. So we have to look at our own focal points, look at our own physical manifestations of our now moment to find the work that we're here to do on this planet now, because we're not here to travel back sideways, forwards and, 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 you know, all these different places to find why we are the way we are. We're here to choose who we are. And we choose who we are through that, that feeling and that desire to be the truth of who you are now. You know, I, I agree with a lot of what you're saying, but I will say that I've, I've personally found it very beneficial to know the roots of some of the stuff that I'm working through in this lifetime to, to heal and let go of because the emotions that are coming up, the feelings, the grief, the loss, all of that that's coming up doesn't make sense compared to my current reality right now, at least in the intensity of what I'm feeling. And so understanding where some of it lies, whether it's ancestral or past lives, for me, gives me mm -hmm. some level of context of knowing, okay, I'm not going completely batshit crazy. Like I'm understanding where the intensity of some of these emotions are coming from, which for me personally, I found very helpful. I, I agree with you. I don't think we should be dwelling in the past because we want to be in this now. We want to be healing and continuously bringing ourselves back into the past keeps us there. But I think that if there is some benefit, at least like I found the benefit of understanding it just to give it some context in understanding why some of the emotions that I'm feeling are so, are so intense. Because when I look at some of my reality, it doesn't make complete sense as in just that. I get you. I totally get you. And closing the gaps for yourself is important. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever your process is. But what I've noticed, and this is not something that you might be doing, but from what I've noticed is this can get to be a very addictive process because we get this piece of information from this psychic about who and what and why we are. And then we also want confirmation from another perspective 
So we're chasing down perspectives to find these missing pieces of ourselves. And some of us spend years here and we're constantly going to this psychic mm-hmm. and this psychic and this psychic and getting a reading over here and doing a reading over here. And we're, we're, what we're, I think we're hoping for is that everything will match and we can find peace with it. But a lot of times it's like Pandora's box. It's like, oh, well, this is why I can't have this. And, oh, this makes sense why I can't have that. But see, here's the thing. You're not here to not have. You're here to create. So just because you couldn't have it before or you're dealing with some grief from a past life, you're actually in this life to heal that. So you take that information from that reader or that guide or that intuitive and you say, how am I going to heal this story? Because identifying with the story keeps you feeling a little bit safer and it gives you understanding, but it actually doesn't solve your problem. It doesn't fix the problem that you're dealing with in your now moment. It gives you clarity and confirmation, Mm -hmm. which is important, but what is it giving you tangible tools to work through it in your now moment? So if, you know, like I have nothing against it, but we just don't want to live in that space where we're just spending all of our time and dollars going to different healers and intuitives, searching down a story that really is, is our avoidance of the now moment. No, I get what you're saying. I I know like it's, it's about, you know, Mm -hmm. getting the information and then doing something with it and and not constantly seeking more and more without actually doing the work and processing what you've just been given. And yeah, and and I totally agree with you. I think, you know, like one of the things like, because through my own work is that I know I'll, I'll, I'll have a healing session or whatever it is. And I make sure that I don't go back to that person to get more done until I know I've processed things and I've worked through some stuff and I've actually got, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel like there's been progression as opposed to constantly sitting in Mm -hmm. that, like that spin cycle kind of thing, because you do see a lot of people abusing readings or um, that sort of thing or healing sessions. I I, I know I have a girlfriend uh, up in Canada who... Um, I, I witnessed this with her. It's just like she feels like she's constantly broken and she's constantly going to other therapists or healers and constantly looking. I'm like, you're not broken. The only reason you're constantly or you feel like you are is because you're never actually implementing all of the stuff that you're doing. You're just like, it's like this um, cycle of victimization to constantly stay broken. Well, and avoidance is a form of addiction. It's You know, anything that we do to feel better that doesn't end in some sort of productive, expansive result is addiction. So, Mm -hmm. and that's something that we're going to go really deep in the I Am workshop about is our spiritual addictions, our avoidance addictions, our, you know, um, procrastination addictions, because these are all really gentle, subtle things like Lisa was talking about that we don't even realize we're doing that keep us stuck because we don't want to feel the pain of what's underneath the story. And, and my advice too, is that, you know, I, I think that including myself, I mean, I'm an intuitive, but I also know that I'm not special and that every single one of us is intuitive and every single one of us is a medical intuitive and every one of us is psychic. So when we spend our lives going to people who can see us better than we can see ourselves, we also create codependency. 
because I have access to my Akashic records better than any psychic in this universe. And so do you. So why wouldn't I want to spend the time getting to know my inner psychic and my inner intuitive and my inner timeline versus now spending time avoiding my pain, paying someone else to look inside my shadows or look inside my timeline for me and tell me who I am. Because the work that I'm doing is really responsibility-based and it's about teaching everyone that they can access those stories and those truths within themselves by going into those abyss places we talked about in the beginning. Because anytime we need something outside of us, anytime we need something outside of us, it's actually coming from a lack of trust of our own truth. And nobody knows my timeline like I do. So when I really decided that I wasn't going to take a mentor or go to psychics or, you know, get downloaded with any attunements and that if it was inside me, I would find it. I also found a lot of things I didn't want, but I found my magic. I found my alchemy. I found my intuition. I found all my spiritual gifts. And I never looked at anybody else like they had more or better. I just realized that it's easier to see other people's stuff than yourself. And I wanted to be able to see my stuff that helped me navigate my journey and bring it all into kind of alignment. And when we constantly seek that energy outside of ourselves, anything other than a reflection or a flashlight. I'm learning I'm codependent on things that, you know, just your war, actually your warrior training was, was great at that, of looking at yourself and seeing what you're codependent on and, and your habits and things like that. Because like I was saying before, it's all very subtle and there's things that we do that we don't even realize that we're like bypassing, looking at our traumas and we're using something outside of us to soothe us. Yeah. Blame is one of the, the greatest forms of ego addiction that we have because it feels good, you know, to have it be something or someone else's fault for a bit brings us a state of inner peace. And when we live there, you know, we, we basically create um, a longer journey for ourselves, you know, because blame is us basically projecting our own manifestations onto someone else and having someone else be responsible as the creator of our own reality. And regardless if someone punches me in the face or steals from me or hurts me, even though that action is coming from outside of me, I manifested that. So I have to look inside my frequency and my vibration and be like, hey, where am I out of alignment where I would attract someone walking up and punching me versus I'm going to get that person that punched me. You know what I mean? It's like the work that we're doing is not easy because it's full responsibility. It's like taking responsibility for the actions of others of how they treat you and how it makes you feel is your only real power on this planet. Because if we stay the victim of what people have access to within us, we stay small and we don't really live our brightest light because we feel like we could be hurt. Whenever I'm hurt, I manifested that. And so when I make it less about the person that hurt me and more about what the hurt already exists inside of me, now I'm deep diving and I'm really looking inside of myself for the truth of do I want to continue on with this vibration? Do I want to shift my vibration? And this is 
this is the deep dive that we're talking about here. Because again, even in the spiritual community, there's something called spiritual ego. And spiritual ego is about, you know, believing all of the uh, metaphysical truths and studying all of the potentials and understanding parallel realities and working with guidance and utilizing energy and healing modalities. But it stays in a form of dogma and judgment where this is bad and this is good, this is wrong and this is right. And then whenever we live in a state of wrong and right or bad or good, that is separation and separation is ego. So, and I've seen it a lot. That's why I kind of reside more in this scientific community because, you know, working as an intuitive, people call, you know, used to hire me all the time to be a medium or to find out who they were or find out if their twin flame loved them or find out if they were going to have kids. And I just felt like they were so disempowering themselves that I said, you know what, instead of hiring me to be your medium, why don't I teach you how to be your own medium? Why don't I teach you how to access your own Akashic records? Why don't I teach you how to open your light language? And to me, that felt like such a bigger support than giving someone the answers and feeling like letting my ego feel like, oh, I know more than someone else. Because we have to be really careful, the spiritual ego, because the spiritual ego now has knowledge of a multidimensional universe and can say all the right words and act in the right way. But if it still lives in judgment and separation, it's all still ego. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad you said that because uh, I was actually going to ask you to, to clarify because I, I know what you were saying, but I know how like um, people who may be new to this or um, not fully understanding that when you're talking about um, getting readings or not getting readings or looking outside of yourself for someone else, it's not about that you can't have a mentor or you can't ever get a healing session. It's just that you don't ever want to be using it as a dependency that you can't eventually do for yourself. If you're using it as a sort of learning curve or, or, you know, you go there and you're absorbing and you're you're actually participating as opposed to being really passive in the whole experience and you're learning through that and maybe picking up a few nuances. Okay, what did this feel like? Or what did this person do? Did I, did I like that? Did I not like that? And really kind of start to make it your own and really be part of the experience as being passive in it. That's, I think, what you're talking about so, mm-hmm. um, so that people don't think like, well, Jessica's saying I don't need a mentor. Why should I go see her? You know, like right. it, <laughs> we all have people that we look to um, who have maybe different experiences or things like that. But I think the most important thing is, is that you don't remain passive in any of your experiences or learning. You're always active in it. You're absorbing, you're learning, you're participating, and you're also figuring out a way to make it your own. Becoming. You should be becoming, which means that a guide and a mentor, I think, honestly, even though I'm saying you don't need anything outside of yourself, again, there's going to be blind spots within yourself that you can't see or Mm -hmm. personality identification that keeps you separate from your truth and, and you need that mirror, you know? So I would say that the best, the best mentors are mirrors and they're there to show you all those different fractaled, versions of yourself so that you can move into alignment with your talents, with your techniques. If we look at the definition of a coach, you know, like if we looked at a sports coach, it's like a sports coach would look at an athlete and they would size them up and they would say, okay, these are your obvious limits 
And these are your obvious potentials. And so what my job as a coach is, is to help you heal and maximize the strength in your limits and utilize your potential to be successful. And that's really, to me, what a mentor is, is it's not someone who gives you the answers and fills in the gaps and makes your life feel happy. It is about reminding you and remembering yourself through that person and letting that person fully believe in you and hold space for you and show you where your gifts are and then practice those gifts. Because we all come in with this amazing toolbox, but because we never open it, you know, it's like we never open it up. We always think that the person who is using their toolbox is the one with the gifts. But really what it is, is we just haven't opened up our own box because we have always looked to see, well, someone else is better at this or someone else can do this. So my job as a mentor and a teacher is to help people open up their toolbox and push the rust off of it and take the locks off of them and practice maybe with you know, training wheels at first, play in that alchemy of themselves so that they can get into that level of confidence, knowing and self-trust to go help as many people as they can. And that's the only way that this world is going to change because spiritual ego is about creating codependency and healers. You know, you need your healer, you need this psychic. And, and, you know, I mean, there's been a time five, six years ago when, when I depended on people needing me, you know, it was like, oh, great. I'm so glad I have clients. This is really helpful as a single mom. I can pay my bills. But I quickly realized that codependency was, was something that felt really out of alignment to me. And so when I kind of shifted my perspective as a mentor and said, you know what, I'm going to basically hold the mirror of their greatness every single day until they remember themselves, that is when I really started to feel like my purpose was developing on this planet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There, there's, there's nothing better than learning through your own personal experiences and being able to witness that from a non-judgmental place and, and really be the observer to, to it all. But there is a lot of chaos out there. There's a lot of stuff to distract us. And so it is nice to have someone who can keep you mm-hmm. accountable, who can kind of, um, you know, help you get back on track if you've started to kind of steer yourself off because it, it's bound to happen. The ego exists in all of us. Well, yeah, it's that self-sabotage we were talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like that self-sabotage is waiting at every corner. Every time you level up, every time you're about to have a breakthrough, every time you're about to just blow the roof off that glass ceiling, you are going to meet and rendezvous with your own sabotage. And that's when having a mentor is priceless. And healing happens in safe relationships. So you have to have a place to feel safe to be able to heal. It's really hard. Yeah. If your body stays in fight or flight every day, you're not healing anything. I don't care how many books you read. I don't care how many certifications that you have. If If you're always in toxic situations and you don't have someone who is really safe, because your environment is something that helps you create your reality. So if you have someone who feels really safe to you, that is when your healing journey really, really, really begins. And a lot of people are the safe person for others, but they don't have that safe person, especially in our community. We are the safe person for others, but we don't have the safe person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like Mm -hmm. giving ourselves that 
is such a powerful tool because it's giving us the the safety that is required for us to be able to get out of fight or flight long enough to really breathe, relax, and see what the now moment consists of. And that's all about boundaries. You know, we learn about that through our personal boundaries and what we're okay with and what we're not and kind of standing up for ourselves and saying, okay, this isn't good for me anymore. And I, I, I may have to abandon this person because if I don't, I'm abandoning myself. And mm-hmm. finding that safe place is so important. It's so important to have that because you can't nurture anything in an unsafe environment. Right. And that safe environment needs to be consistent. It needs to be um, accountable, you know, because think about it. A lot of times, especially women would come to me and we'd hit a breakthrough and they'd realize that they weren't in a safe relationship. They weren't in a safe environment, but they were codependent or dependent on their families or their spouse. And it wasn't something that they could just, you know, leave the relationship or, because they didn't, they hadn't created a new reality for themselves of abundance to take care of themselves. So what we did in our mentorships is we created this safe relationship within each other and we practiced new vibrations so that they could align with abundance outside of the relationship and then be able to that relationship. Because again, mm-hmm. empaths, we are magnets for narcissism and we, because we're healers at heart and we're seeing wounded people, and it's this this kind of magnet that happens. It happens in business, it happens in relationships, it happens in families. And I know that a lot of empaths right now and sensitive people are working their way out of toxic relationships, and they'll never leave if they don't have a safe space to connect with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, I, I'm sure Brian and Lisa remember, like, when I found out, um, I was going through, still going through it, but like the initiation of it last fall in um, late October, early November, when um, all of this stuff started to come to the surface and I knew I had to start dealing with and feeling and allowing the emotions to come up and just feel it. I knew that I couldn't feel it in the environment that I was at. I was back home with my with my mm-hmm. family and I didn't have the same kind of support system in Canada that I do here in Colorado. And I had to make a really tough decision to leave before Christmas, which I knew my whole family really wanted to have me there for Christmas, but I knew that if I stayed, I was staying for them and it was against what I knew was best for me. And having to make that decision as hard as it was, you know, at the end of the day, I remember my parents were just very, very supportive of it. And Lisa and Brian knew like, they're my safe place. (laughs) They're my safe place. Yeah. You had Christmas with us. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to go have Christmas with them because what I was going through was very, very tender, very fragile, very, um, um, just gosh, it was like, it it felt like the most newborn baby kind of a feel, you know? And yeah, very, very vulnerable, very raw. And so I had to make that decision. And I think, you know, I've been talking with a few of my clients over this last week or so, and I'm seeing that they're all having to make these big decisions on distancing themselves from certain family members or maybe moving or, or things like that. And you have to make these hard decisions for yourself because if you don't, you're not allowing yourself to be nurtured, to be fostered um, for growth that is healthy for you, and you're holding yourself back. Right. Well, if you don't have that safe space, then the mind kicks in to try to protect you. And we, I think we've all been in this place where we know we have to leave 
or we know we have to change a relationship or we know we have to leave that job or we have to let go of something. And we start to make moves to do that, but we don't have that safe net or that safe space. And so the mind starts to go into contradiction and doubt and now start to play out all the times that we're good and all of the positive aspects that do exist in the relationship. And now there's like this mental warfare going on with ourselves where it's like, do I stay or do I go? I would say the the number one thing that I deal with with my students is when they come to me is they don't trust themselves. And they don't because when they have trust themselves, they've made, they think they've made bad decisions. They've never made bad decisions. They've made perfect decisions that have brought them to this moment of realization, but they feel like they're taking score of their failures and therefore they don't feel like they can trust, um, trust their, their choices, trust their intuition, trust their own guidance. And it's becoming, it's coming from all of this mind chaos. And so when we let the mind be the safe space for us, it will always take us back into a dangerous place of the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in your I am workshop, what are you doing to help provide people with a safe space with while a, they go through it with a flashlight? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, first and <laughs> foremost, um, the workshop itself is geared towards really um, allowing them to go safely in depth within themselves at a really easy to understand, um, accessible place. And then having, uh, what, what I've done over the last year is, you know, I really want to focus my career on writing and producing games and, and traveling and, and really doing a lot more hands-on work with the community. And so what I've decided to do is take a group of people who were really, really ready to be, the ultimate flashlight, you know, train these teachers all over the world to become basically quantum mentors that are trained in a way to see the blind spots that regular coaches might not see, to look at shadows completely different, to look at the me, myself, and I, which is the ego, the inner child, and the higher self as a a family unit within the self. And to be able to really hold that light and be that mirror and that guide without codependency or doing it for them. And so I've trained about 15 people around the world that are on, on staff, on mission right now to, you know, assist people through this particular workshop, because this workshop is going to be my last big shadow work production because really by the time you get through it, you will be done. And I say that with complete knowing that if this is done correctly, that if we go into each chakra and we find the programs that are running at a cellular and subatomic place that are out alignment with who you truly are, and we can change the program at the root and practice the new program and hold yourself accountable to the new program and think with the new program and be with the new program and act it out, it will be completely changed forever. And so we've got these 15 people that are highly trained. Lisa, you're one of them. And you're one of the mentors that's going to be able to take people through this I am process to go really deep into each one of the chakras. Because if you understand quantumly what a chakra actually is, it's a satellite system that holds infinite 
multidimensional information about you. And it can be programmed by a default system when you were unconscious, which means that if we look at just the root chakra, the root chakra's true foundational program, what it was designed to do in your field of awareness and consciousness was to help you be free. The root chakra's true I am frequency is I am free. Now think about that in your life right now. Do you feel free? Do you, do you have everything in your life that, that creates and helps you live a life of freedom? Probably no, because most 90% of the population's root chakra is I am not free. I am stuck. I am blocked. I am trapped. I am separate. I am judgment. I am loss. I am lack. So most everybody's running around with this root chakra that's programmed. I am not free. And then we're using physical action every single day to try to cover up the fact that we don't feel free by doing things that make us feel free in the moment, but do not reprogram the root. So what we're going to do is we're going to go into each chakra and we're going to do shadow work. We're going to do regression. We're going to do hypnosis. We're going to change the root program back to its original setting. Cause here's the thing. You're not broken. You never have been ever. You've just been programmed away from your natural state of being. So we got to go in there. We got to put things back to the factory settings. And when the factory settings are in alignment, your life gets off the chain. Awesome. Things that you could never, ever imagine start to manifest in your physical reality, because not only are your chakras satellite systems, they are multidimensional Wi-Fi components. They are communicators. They are program setters. They are also powerful magnets. So when these, these kind of program centers in our body with each has a different setting is out of alignment, you can take all the action in the world and study all you want and nothing is going to actually change until you change the root programs. And that's what we're doing in this workshop. Oh, that sounds awesome. And so um, where can people sign up for that? Right now, they can actually go to the quantumrevolutiontour.com, which is our tour website. And that particular workshop is on that uh, website for now. Um, Pretty soon, we're getting a whole new Jessica Alstrom method workshop developed that's in the process of being um, getting online really soon. But for right now, quantumrevolutiontour.com is where you can actually get your... um, get signed up for the I am workshop. You can also do warrior training. If you feel like maybe warrior training is your first step. Uh, We also have mentors that can take you through that. Lisa can take you through that. I know she's been through that workshop and had major success. Um, And again, doing these, these bigger, deeper shadow work workshops with the mentor is to me, like I said, when I did warrior training, I said, I'd be happy if 10% of of the people that take this workshop get 10% out of it because it's, it's so deep and it takes much personal responsibility to look in places of yourself that you really don't want to look that sometimes having someone do it with you or at least face in the mirror gets you to, it's like having a personal trainer. You're going to work out and you're going to get the results with the trainer that if you go to the gym on your own, you're going to be like, "Eh, I'm a little tired today. I'm just going to get on the cardio machine. You still went to the gym, but you didn't do the work. You know, it's really like that. 
Um, so you can find that those workshops there. You can also get tickets to the QRT tour. And I won't take too much of you guys' time, but I do want to talk a little bit about what we're going to be doing in Kansas City. Um, this workshop is going to be this 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 tour that we're doing in Kansas City. It's not a workshop, but it's a tour. And what I mean by that, it's a three-day activation event. We are going deep in the field of possibilities. What we're going to do is access our own intuition, our own guidance, our own light language, our own magic through moving into an altered state of deep play. We're going to totally surrender our minds and we're going to lose our senses and we're going to come into alignment with a lot of our spiritual gifts in a three-day process using light, sound, and quantum technology to help us move into a very safe, altered space and, and work through and play in alchemy. Because I know that there is nothing special about me. And I know that I have access to more spiritual gifts than most anyone that I've ever met. And all I have done was play. So accessing the quantum field of possibilities is about remembering how to play in potentials and moving the mind out of limits and using our own biochemistry and using our own heart and using our own breath and using quantum technology to help us move into an altered state where we can remember ourselves. So that's what we're doing in Kansas City. And you can see why doing the I am workshop before you go play in the quantum field would be a good idea because most logical minds won't allow themselves to really play. So we got to heal that logical mind, that security system that's in the way of you creating this amazing life for yourself. And, and when are we joining you in Kansas City? It's September 27th, the weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And that is in Kansas City. It's at the Westin. It's a beautiful five-star hotel. Um, and I cannot believe how affordable the tickets are for this one, $177. That's it for the entire weekend. Um, and what you're going to get out of that is, you know, like we were talking earlier, is your own intuition, your own mediumship, your own your own access to your own Akashic records, your own light language, your own remembrance of the true divine power that you have always had at your fingertips that your mind just wouldn't let you access. And that's really where we're going to be. Oh, that sounds exciting. I can't wait. I'm I'm so excited (laughs) for all of it. The IM workshop, QRT, the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, this conversation has been a little bit heavy, but honestly, at the end of the day, it's like if we would all just take the time to really just dive down deep into ourselves, this doesn't, this does not need to be a lifelong journey. This really could be, you know, a few months of the rest of the year so that you can create your perfect vision. Because like I said, in second Sunday, 2020 is the year of your perfect vision. It is 2020 vision. It is time that we start to become the visionaries and the actors and the directors of our realities again, instead of playing out old scripts and old stories and old traumas over and over again. 2020 is when we begin to see our heart's desire and live our heart's desire instead of reacting and remembering. So we really need to create this clean slate for the rest of this year 
And if that means for the next couple of months, you know, you say, I'm going to just dive deep in this and I'm going to get to the root of why I can't have a healthy relationship or, you know, why I feel disconnected here or why I can't create money and just really without judgment, dive into those blocks we were talking about and find a good mentor and really work with someone who has your toolbox in mind, not their toolbox, your toolbox in mind and helps you open and unpack it and heal the baggage that you've been dragging from lifetime to lifetime. You know, you're looking at a few short months and then what's on the other side of that is that blank canvas where you can say, okay, I'm gonna take all the wisdom of what I have become. I'm not gonna lose this warrior spirit that I am, this humble person that I've become, this loving soul that I become, but now I get to build and grow on that. And I also get to help other people because I've done this. I know this. I am the example of this. And that is just, that's where we're going as a collective. And that's what lightworkers have an opportunity to look forward to. The better it gets, the better it gets. And freedom is really about removing any belief that is in the way that we're not already free. And really, that's what this whole lunar eclipse is about right now. We actually happen to be uh, recording this on the lunar eclipse tonight. And that whole, this whole lunar eclipse is about letting go, releasing, um, closing out uh, like the cycle that's just not serving you to your highest purpose, your high, like your highest potential right now, and really finding out what that is so you can let go and release it. So it's like perfect timing for your I am workshop with this lunar eclipse and what it's like bringing to the surface. Because I know a lot of people are um, have been writing me and 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 sharing with me just like what's kind of coming up and kind of that um, bipolar emotional place, you know, where you're on highs and you're on lows, you're on highs, and you're on lows. And it's because you're at the brink of a massive breakthrough of really being ready to release it all. Mm-hmm. And this is like perfect timing with your, um, your workshop and then the QRT coming right up after it. So it's great. Yeah. I mean, it's all, divi- it's always divine timing. You know, I never plan any of this stuff around any sort of lunar event or, but it always unfolds perfectly because Mm -hmm. we're building on the energy of the now moment and what people are ready to receive. Intuitives just naturally produce content around what people are ready to experience and what people are ready to do. And, and, and people are, we're ready. We're so ready. Like we've been through the dark forest. We've had the dark nights. We're not afraid to be alone anymore. You know, we're not afraid of our light. We're, we're not even afraid of success anymore, but we have to maybe just, you know, clean out the storage areas of our minds and deprogram and defrag the computer of ourselves and, and really create that new reality and hold our own potential to the highest regard within ourselves. And, and once we do that, then it, it's always going to align perfectly. You know, all these planets in retrograde, that's designed to basically rip you wide open. You can't hide from anything in a retrograde, which makes such amazing potential to unfold. It's like the more that can be exposed right now, the better. And I know some people are like, oh my gosh, when is this going to stop? It's not. You know what I mean? And if it's like either you get caught in the riptide or you learn to surf. And that's where we all are, is we're learning how to surf. We're learning how to navigate our own flow and our own currents. And we're riding the waves instead of getting constantly lost in that riptide. 
And it's a really, really powerful place for all of us to be. Whether you do this in baby steps or you take a quantum leap, you're all going to get there. We're all going to get there. And we're going to have everything we've ever wanted because that's why we came this time. We didn't come to not have our loves. We didn't come to not get everything we wanted. We came to actually get it right this time, to fulfill our own prophecies and complete our own destinies, how we choose to experience them. That's exciting. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show and um, sharing all that information for everyone. And to our audience, if you are interested in signing up for the I am workshop before you go to QRT in September. Uh, we're going to leave all that information in our show notes. So it's an easy click for you. And you may even just be so lucky enough to work with one, our very own Lisa Watson. <laughs> Highly recommend. Which will be so fun. Yeah. And I launched my new website, lisaloveslove.com. So you can go there. That's Absolutely perfect. Yay. <laughs> it's just time for us all to show up and utilize our toolbox and and help this world see the perfect version of themselves and act it out. So right on time. And mm -hmm. I appreciate all the work that both of you guys are doing. And as far as the work that you're you're doing, Nicole, as well, it's like it's um it's not easy for us to put ourselves out there, especially when while we're putting ourselves out there, we work through our own stuff. But I think that's what makes us so transparent and real is that we can be of service while we're still creating our own amazing life. You know, none of us are here to have it all right all the time because we're a work in progress. As soon as we master something, we create another level of ourselves and that version of ourselves requires new mastery. So we're always going to be a work in progress. Mm -hmm. And it's about being more transparent and, and real than it is about being perfect. Yeah, I, I find that when I'm in that space where everything's really good, I'm like, okay, what am I missing? <laughs> you know, what have I not found yet? <laughs> well, I would recommend just milking it for a while, though, and, and, and allowing yourself the joyful, blissed out moments because the next layer will present itself when it needs to present itself. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I mean, like, you know, when you've been in it for a while and you're like, okay. <laughs> you're like, okay, we had two rainbows. Where's the dark storm, right? <laughs> not, not that you're, not that you're always looking for it, but I, for me, I, I actually just, I can remember where I was standing. I was in my parents' house. I was by their second fridge, and I just remember sitting there going, "Wow, things have been really good. Things have been really good." And I'm like, oh, but I just, you know, I'm kind of feeling stale. I don't want to feel stale. I'm ready for the next thing. What do I need to learn now? And it's not so much that I'm looking for the darkness or I'm looking for the tragedy, right. but it's like. Well, you just outgrown it. You've outgrown your, you've outgrown your. Yeah. And so yes. it's kind of like that stale feeling, that stagnancy. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, I want to keep growing. I feel like I'm in that, you know, okay, I've processed, I've, 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 you know, like interwoven everything. Let's, let's go to the next level kind of a thing. Because we're creators. We're always yeah. wanting to create. So I don't want I don't want people to think like it's all about like constantly searching for. No, it's it's about constantly creating. Yeah. <laughs> so all right. Well, thanks so much. Yes, thank you guys so much, yeah. and we will see you soon at the QRT and at the IM workshop. Thanks, everyone. We'll be back with you next time. Stay in the light or the darkness. Thank you all for joining our show. We appreciate you tuning in and supporting us. If any of you have any questions you would like answered on the show or any guests that you would like to hear on our show, please email that information to us at info at enlightenup.us or send us a voice message using the Anchor app. There's a super cool feature on there that allows you to send us a message or ask us a question with a touch of a button right from the app. 
And please continue to support us by following us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And if you haven't checked out Nicole's channel on YouTube yet, head on over there for some more insight from her, or you can visit her website, inflexibleme.com, where you can book a personal coaching session or a tarot reading, watch some of her most informative videos, or you can sign up for her newsletter. And if you're interested in some light language healing, head to my YouTube channel, Lisa Loves Love, or send me an email to lisa at lisaloveslove.com to inquire about your own personal reading. Thank you again for joining us and supporting us, and we'll be back with you all next week.